the season of the Ready State brought to you by our friends at Territory Foods. Now, look, one of the things that's extraordinary about this amazing food company that has only enhanced our life is that we know that you can personalize your eating strategy with this company. So you can go online, you that we have keto options, there are paleo options. You're like, hey, I just want the food option. I want the good food tasting food option. You can choose that one too. One of the things that happens with we know that when people get behind on eating, remember the the revolution in sports food right now and performance nutrition is eating whole food nutrition. And that we want people to realize that anytime you have a bar or a shake or something, that demi food is never gonna do as well as eating whole food after a workout. So one of the things that works for me is that when I get behind, I can't eat enough vegetables. And the first thing that goes out of my, you know, if I, if I don't have a salad bag in my pocket, which I often I don't, I just don't eat a lot of vegetables. I eat a lot of food-like things. I kind of focus on protein. And Territory has got my back. So they've, they've done a great job of with their incredible diversity of their meals and all the different offerings, lots of different kind of veggies, which is totally my jam. So check this out. If you want to receive 25 bucks off your first two orders of Territory, go to www.territoryfoods.com slash yum, Y-U-M slash the ready state. And, uh, you know, don't be that guy who's eating them like, you know, 15 pounds of broccoli for the next month. You can do better. Join us. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Kelly Starrett. And I'm Juliette Starrett. And this is The Ready State. You got it! You better stop it! You got it! You got it! We are excited to have Hollis Malloy on the podcast today. He's been part of CrossFit from the beginning and is one of only a handful of certified level four CrossFit coaches worldwide. He's the co owner of CrossFit Santa Cruz and believes that everyone is an athlete regardless of current ability or past experience. He does not tolerate subpar movement in his classes and works to inspire athletes to become the best possible movers. For Hollis, CrossFit is a way of expressing our true potential as human beings. When not in the gym, he travels the world as a CrossFit seminar staff member, teaching both the level one and level two seminars. Kelly has always said that there are few coaches that are able to effectively blend technical ability passion, and the capacity to understand and address an athlete's weaknesses as well as Coach Hollis. So let's jump right in and hear how it all started for him. Welcome to the Ready State Podcast, Hollis. We're so happy to have you. Oh, well, thanks for having me. It's my honor. So since this season is sort of a a where are they now of CrossFit, uh, tell us how you first became CrossFit aware. So, you know, sort of your CrossFit origin story. Oh, great. Yeah, that's a good one. My uh, sister, in fact, was training at the original gym getting ready for water polo at the University of Hawaii. So training with Greg and Lauren and the original crew down there. I was just recently quit my electrician job. I was 270 pounds. Not really sure where I was headed, but not in a good spot. My sister was like, you got to come check out this CrossFit thing. And of course, me being, you know, I grew up ski racing, played golf in college. I was like, I will never go to a gym. I can talk, right? <laughs> the equinox is like, I'm not going to the 24 hour to do bicep curls. So I resisted it all, you know, all turns. She played the sister card. She's like, you got to come see this thing that I do. I love it. Just come watch. You don't have to do anything. And so I showed up to the original gym in Santa Cruz, uh, flip flops, you know, 
not going to work out and walk into that original gym. Any Sakamoto's there, super friendly, like, you know, aloha, how you doing? Come on in. Oh, yeah, in she, she gave me the leg. Come on in. <laughs> I'm Annie. Yeah. Whoa, totally. your face. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so I just see that spot, right? And there's rings on the wall, ropes hanging, cargo net. And instantly I was like, what do you do here? <laughs> this isn't a gym. This isn't, you know. Right, you're like, this is a storage facility turned garage, sort of. And a space and like people, like friendly people saying hi, you know, like that doesn't happen in a gym. (laughs) And then like no equipment. And so I'm like, well, what what are you going to do? Like there's space and there's like things hanging from the wall. But, you know, and at this point, I don't really know what a deadlift is. And I don't, I don't clean and jerk. I never climbed the rope. (laughs) The PE physical test, you know, that was two, two attempts and I'm done there. I'm not. So all new to me and man i don't know where do you want to go from there that was like well you know what's amazing is that i don't think people realize but i had been following crossfit online and then realized it was in santa cruz i was like what i mean crossfit's from santa cruz we went down visit juliet's friend beth you're one of your athletes yep and uh your sister guided us through our first official CrossFit workout at a CrossFit gym. There are only a few CrossFit gyms. And do you remember what we did, Juliet? We definitely rowed and did something else. Double unders, Tabata squats, and row. Yep. That was it. And uh, so basically your family is responsible for... Bringing us into this. And, you know, it goes a long ways because you still run CrossFit Santa Cruz, which is the first CrossFit. You took over the HQ, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Um. You also, it's important that I want people to understand is that you hosted the first ever Mobility Wad nascent summit. You were like, Kelly, come down to Santa Cruz. We did the uh, day with Kelly Starrett. That's all day I like to Kelly describe Starrett. you as the Carl Rove of Kelly Starrett. Oh, I appreciate that uh, political association there. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. So I want to go back to your first visit to the, the original yeah. CrossFit. Uh, do you remember what, when was that? Yeah. When was that? What, do you remember what workout you did and you know, was it something that made you want to come back or were you terrified? Yeah. I think it was 2005, maybe. Yeah. I think it was early 2005 and she, she's like, go, go upstairs. There was like a mezzanine at the original gym. There was rowers and she's like, just go upstairs and wait for me. So I go up there and there's nowhere to sit except on the freaking rower. So I sit on the rower. I'm there long enough. I actually just start rowing a little bit like, oh, what is this thing? Never been on one. Rowing for a little bit, bare, you know, in my flip-flops. And then she's like, oh, okay. So yeah, the workout is, and she like looked at the rower. I don't remember what, but there's some, you know, row. She's like, but then, hey, come downstairs and there's a box. box There's a row box jump workout, I believe. And like I said, growing up as a ski racer, even, you know, being 270 pounds and unable to do anything else, I was able to sit on the rower and still, you know, jump on a, on a probably a 10-inch box. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll say it was a 20-inch box, you know, <laughs> and feel accomplished. And be like, oh, that wasn't so bad. Next day, same kind of thing. She's like, yeah, come back, do it again. And how, how did you transition from just showing up as a uh, former electrician turned you know, member of CrossFit original Santa Cruz to coaching. Oh, that's yeah. So 
I got my level one. Like they were, I think they were, the level one happened at the gym and I saw it happen. It was like, Hey, we're closing for the gym. And then three months later, they were doing another level one. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to do it. And so I talked to Greg and Lauren. I was like, yeah, I want to do it. They gave me a discount. It was back in the day. It was three days long, which is <clears throat> just a total beatdown. Uh, unbelievable. Wasn't like, there like three workouts you. a day as well back yes, then? At least two. I remember it was like Tabata squats started the day and we did Frelin that same day, which was like running 400 meters, thrusters and pull-ups, like terrible after Tabata squats in the morning. And then I know we did fight gone bad. I know we did an hour with coach Mike Bergner. I know we did an hour with uh, Mark Ripto. Yeah. We had a hip extension station. We went, oh, like, it was crazy. Like, people were crippled by Sunday. It was like, nobody wanted to move after that. Anyway, so on Sunday, uh, end of the thing, you know, this seminar, I'm just blown away. I think that, a side note, I think that if you have not learned, if anyone in the world right, has not learned the kernel, the L1, meat, vegetables, nut seed, run, jump, throw, push, pull, like, if you don't know that, that weekend's like the most profound weekend you could go for. And at but least I think, it really was for me. Right? And I think you bring something up, which is really interesting because when you were first exposed to this, it was a food desert. It was a, it was just a barren landscape. I, I like to remind people you couldn't buy kettlebells in San Francisco. We drove down to the plate against sports near you near the original CrossFit gym you know, to buy kettlebells and then we'd, we'd buy a few and then drive back. I mean, there was just, you know, it was like, you know, that, that was, that was sort of the landscape. And so it, it was a really radical uh, departure from everything else we knew. You have had the, the benefit of seeing so much of the inception of this gigantic movement, only one gym, not really an affiliate program, starting to teach these courses. Now I feel like we've seen so many We've seen the evolution of general physical preparedness and, and gym training. Do, do you think um, when you started, you know, wh where we, let me, I guess I'm, I'm losing my narrative here. Um, <laughs> what do you think is the most different significant community or significant change between sort of running a gym now and then? Like what's happened with the population that's coming into your gym as from when, when they started coaching? Hmm. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, you know, I think, man, the initial people getting pulled in, it's like, okay, here, interesting piece is the same and different. I mean, by the same is it's still my sister, my brother, my cousin told me about it, right? Like somebody, you know, is like, did you hear about this? Right. Um, so that's the same, but now instead of, I think the initial thing was who are these fitness freaks, these outliers, these renaissance people that are looking for something that are out there exploring like what I, what else could i do i've tried this i've tried that where am i going those were more the people i think that initially showed up you know that that, that found crossfit and then obviously that like i said before your friend tells you your sister tells you your mom tells you but i think the exploratory piece now the people coming in are absent of almost absent of interest of physical prowess or some sort of thing they have not found, they're looking for almost like homeostasis, dare I say. It's like we're just watching people not be able to get off the couch or not be able to put their hands above their head anymore. And you're like, 
geez. So they're getting brought in more by necessity than by hope, I think, nowadays. You know, it's interesting. We talked to Dave Werner and he said that, you know, in early days of CrossFit, it seemed to attract like former athlete types, yeah. um, which is definitely true of you and your sister and me and Kelly. Um, yeah. And then just to see how it changed into a, a sort of different, right? I mean, as it became more mainstream and well-known and, you know, brought in people just like you're saying who actually needed to do it. Yeah. Like never you know, had a sport. Never, you, right? Your business partner is a gymnast, a yeah. savage. Um, you guys have always had a commitment at your gym, particularly into the basics. And I don't know if that's the heritage of where you were, but you guys were always, you know, ruthless about elements. Do you think the games changed sort of the perception of what should be going on in a gym? And has that changed again? Have we, have we sensed a change in sort of, cause you guys have seen the whole, the whole arc of the thing and, you know, where are we now? Explain the, the the context of the gym, which was the first gym ever to teach everyone everything. That's how I feel about CrossFit yeah. Santa Cruz. Yeah. So as it comes to like, are you asking like how has did the games affect the the community and and are we coming? Not, I don't think necessarily, but how did it affect your gym and how did you guys manage that and what kind of where are you now and like with so much experience, like what are you guys focusing on now? Well, I think that we use the games as a tool to to reinforce those things right so you'd see some of these movement patterns out of the open or the games or some sort of thing that maybe is a little suspect in a lot of people's eyes and then you see rich froning and you're like so this is what we're talking about and you can use the importance of mechanics and consistency to in the light of this high level competition that most people don't get involved with um and so, yeah, I think there were, there was a shift of somewhat to the bigger, better, stronger, more barbell, more, you know, lose sight of the focus somewhat of what we're trying to do. Um, I think that's just the nature of it, really. And I think that new, the way the new website comes kicking around with the, it's like exactly how I remember the gym, you know, like people were like, you're doing a lot of pull-ups and push-ups and squats lately. And I'm like, yep, that's what I remember. Like an insane amount of just basic pull-up, push-up, squat, deadlift, put like rinse, lather, repeat. Like the saying of it doesn't have to be fun to be fun. Like this whole piece of these beautiful, perfect mechanics, right? That's how like me and you got together so well, right, Kay? is like there's the position. The push-up looks like the press, like the handstand to the – it all looks the same, and that's what we're practicing. I so have I think to go we're, back we're coming back again. around to that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. And uh I still have to go back in time for more stories. And what I what I would love to hear about is, you know, you got your level 1, you become a co coach at the original CrossFit Santa Cruz, and then at some point you buy or take over the Cro CrossFit Santa Cruz and move to a different location. Tell me how that all went yeah. down and how you you were the one to obtain it. Um yeah. Okay. Great. That one. So in 2008, Greg, uh, you know, coach Glassman was really looking for a large facility in Santa Cruz to host some level ones and be like Mecca, like really pull headquarters and not travel the L ones anymore. I mean, this is how small it was at the time. Right? Ludicrous concept, but 
he was like, you know, just ever, all the L1s will come here. It'll be a big 5,000 square foot space. 5,000. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? It was huge. And I know this is where we're at. And he couldn't get a spot, long story short, right? The city wouldn't do it, the work permit, the this, the politics. And he was living in Arizona at the time. And he's like, hey, we're going to shut the gym down. Or not, we're going to shut the gym down. We don't want to shut the gym down, but we don't want to run it anymore. And Greg Onmanson and his wife at the time, Mally, uh, were, were given the gym. They're like, hey, Greg, we want you to take over. Greg and Mally came to me and my sister and were like, you know, this is the scoop. We're going to move the gym down to this location. Do you want to come with us? We obviously said yes. Within three months of that, Greg uh, got deployed with the DEA and they were going to leave. And so it was like, hey, you guys want to buy the gym? And at that time, I was like, well, it's either that or nothing, which is bizarre to think about. But yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm in. How do I get you know a bunch of money together and buy something and become a business owner? So it was like chance and coincidence that, that got me there, really. If you could go back in time to that young yeah. kid who who is basically someone's like, here's this really storied Bugatti. It's been in a hundred movies. Everyone knows. And now it's yours. What would you tell yourself back then to be a better coach or better business owner? I mean, you know, you have a lot of water under the bridge. You still are on, on the staff of L1s. You, you've just seen it all. What, what would you go back and tell yourself? As like, uh, what not to do or what to do better? Yes. <laughs> Both. Yeah. Man. That's a big one to chew on. My biggest uh, kind of regrets with the business is not getting businessy enough soon enough, right? Like not hiring a manager to be like, you do the books, you do the payroll, you do the cleaning crew. I'm only going to coach. Because, man, smoking it at both ends, coaching the 6 a.m. class, the noon class, the 6 p.m. class, cleaning the gym at night. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that was the best decision. We all inherited, life. though, the CrossFit Santa Cruz model initially, which was yeah. put your check in the box. That's right. Honor system. Yeah. I actually look back. Then at the end of the year, right, you're like, wait a minute. If I count all the athletes that came in here, I'd have tw- you know X amount of dollars. I'm at X minus, and I don't even know who didn't pay. <laughs> no, yeah, you can, there's no way to track it. I remember, I remember realizing that most of my athletes had only paid like months. ten out of twelve months. Right. But I had no way to track. We weren't formally no tracking way. it in any way, and they it wasn't like they were trying to not pay. Right. It's just we had no system of telling them that they needed to pay. It was just like I mean, if you fall bring in a check. Behind, yeah. Right? I'm sure it's only probably only two months you were actually behind, right? I'm sure. Right. right. So here's here's two months back. You're like, hey, you know what? I'll pay you. I'll pay you. I'll pay you this month now, but I'll pay that back one next time. Don't worry. Right? Did you ever pay me that one back pay? No, never. I don't remember. So that's definitely one of the things that I would want to do. But you know, I I would like to point out that I mean, obviously, it has a long history, including the time before you owned it. But you've been successfully running a CrossFit gym now for well over 10 years. And I will say that there was a period of time where many people said to us, and I'm sure said to you that CrossFit was a fad and would go away. So obviously you've done a ton of things, right? I know for a fact from having attended your gym that you have many members who've been with you from the beginning and are still there. So 
you know, sort of on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, what have you done right? And, you know, what did you guys get right? How are you still, how are you still afloat and doing this thing? Yeah, that's, you know, I'll have to toot my own horn, I guess, with that answer. But one of the things to just fall back on the CrossFit ethos, one of the things I think CrossFit does uniquely is that insistence on mechanics, you know, like I really dug in deep to the content that Coach Classman put out in those original articles. What is fitness? What is CrossFit? You know, like why is it a functional movement? What is, you know, that stuff I really dug in super deep. And like one of the quotes he said was, you know, master the fundamentals. And I'm paraphrasing here. He's like, and then once you've done that, go back to the beginning and this time play closer attention. You know, like you're never too good to be back at that basic stuff. And so that has been our ethos from the beginning. And we give that to the athletes of like, you know, I, st- I won't let people deadlift with a rounded back. You know, I've stepped on the barbell and people walk out. It's like, yeah, that's right. You're not, you don't belong here. And people in, embrace that kind of insistence on the important stuff. And then the people that came in the gym, I, I don't take credit for it. My sister is really responsible for it. But the people that are there, like, that, that come in for each other and the community vibe and really looking out for each other, I think is the piece that has kept us around. You know, all, people always text in or check in with people or it's the people that, that are there that you keep coming in for almost more than just the coaches. So when you guys, I mean, back in the day, there maybe have been a couple big global gyms in Santa Cruz. So fast forward to 15 years, 16 years later, and I mean, longer than that, but you know, you now are competing with a few other CrossFit gyms in Santa Cruz. There's every form of Barry's Boot Camp, Orange Theory, Soul Cycle, <laughs> Spin Class. Right. Yeah. What do you think keeps people coming back to your gym? Because if if we went on a on a just classic capitalist market market driven piece, you have ten x the competition you did when you started, especially in Santa Cruz. What is what is it about still that you think that's pulling people in? The results. We get we get it. Like if you come in and you do what we say, like you actually just come in, you eat the food, you do the workouts. Uh, you get the stuff you come in for, you know, you lose the weight, you get the pull-ups, you get the faster time, you're the better volleyball player. Like it all comes. And so the people that stick around for three, six months with us, they, they just never leave. And then their friends see it and then they want to come in kind of. But what do you, the other thing that I remember hearing Coach Glassman talk about that I think about with CrossFit, he's like, when I said constantly varied functional movements, high intensity, I thought everyone would say that that's what they did. Because if it's not constantly varied, right, it's a routine. If it's not functional, it's isolation. If there's no intensity, it's right, low intensity. So basically everything that we do, that just, you know, constantly varied functional movement piece just drives the adaptations and people just, what do you do when you leave CrossFit? Go back to that other stuff? Like it doesn't work. You can't run on the treadmill and do bicep curls and, and have the same results. Like you can. It's called high intensity bodybuilding. Well, yeah. I, I right. Okay. But they leave. Like, so we've had people like they'll leave and then they come back. And yeah, we're also at the point to, for certain, I think this is the evolution kind of the advancement of where we're headed is that our coaching staff is pretty good, right? We've got a lot of skin in the game. We've got a lot of years in the game and we can help people beyond, Hey, here's a workout on the board. 
Like they come in, like most people are coming in, my shoulder hurts, my knee hurts, my back hurts. I'm like, oh, what'd we do? And they're like, no, 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 no. I was this and I was out there and I was water polo and I was it, you know, I was <laughs> snowboarding and I went surfing and the board hit me. And it's like, so everyone's coming in banged up and we have been successful at it, keeping them training banged up from their stuff. You know what I mean? And I think not all the gyms can do that as well as other gyms. You know, you get banged up and it's like, well, here's the workout again. It's like, you can't do that. And so the scaling, the, you know, that kind of stuff is where I think we've, we've maintained a pretty good. Right. The gym isn't just the place where you train. Just, it's yeah. also a place where you reclaim capacity, rebuild, yeah. reset, normalize. Right. It's, a, it's a movement practice. I mean, I, like you people know, get I, hurt. They come in and they're like, right. Hey, yeah, my, I'm in a thing. I got to come in and get fit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't tell you how many people we have that have trained with like one missing limb and, you know, they whatever it is. But I mean, I think you obviously we don't have any data on this, but I, I believe one of the reasons that, you know, we've had a lot of members coming back year after year after year is that we have been so militant about mechanics. And so, A, we probably, you know, we aren't injuring people and we also welcome in people who are just like you said, banged up and we can actually manage those people. You know, right. we know how to help them scale and work around their injuries and do it safely. And I think that's really well, let me a big ask, part Let of me it. ask you too, since you and Hollis are both gym owners, Julia. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you guys this. Do you feel culpable because people come in, they train with us for a while, they get gigantic engines, freakish work outputs. Then they go expose themselves to like mountain biking and they're like, I'm so rad. Look how fit I am. And they get themselves in trouble. Isn't that your fault? <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Somehow I'm sure my, my buddy, my buddy's fault. training for a big like adventure race. Right. And he comes in with like enough poison Oak all in his body to be like, do you need an EpiPen? Sir? Like, <laughs> what have you done to you? He's like training for the race. I'm like, oh, okay. I can't, I can't help you through this. <laughs> um, so speaking of the sort of arc of CrossFit, there was sort of like early CrossFit. And then there was definitely a period where there was a lot of focus on the games. And now there's, sort of a new focus coming in from CrossFit headquarters around CrossFit health. Um, what's, what's sort of your thought on that arc and what they're up to now? Uh, I think it's a great, like, uh, circling back to the piece, the beginning, really, you know, like I, I remember, like I said, when I went to that first gym, not everybody was a fire breather. They were there, but I remember a lot of kind of, out of shape people, you know, I was welcomed. I saw injured people in there. So it didn't seem to me like, it seems like almost like full circle, I would say more so than, yeah, like and, we're swinging actually, the pendulum it, back. In bit. retrospect, only Annie Sakamoto was the only fire breather because she's the only one who trained yep. there who actually went on and competed at a high level, I think. Yep. If I have my brain yep. right. No, I think yep. everyone else was sort of the best of the mediocre early adopters. <laughs> Right. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. you, know, you well, were the best of the first it. people who discovered it, yeah. right? Yeah, you're now like we a very memes. big fish in a very small pond, and then we open the pond up, and you're not that big anymore. <laughs> yeah. So this is a really <laughs> random. Ocean, like, what? Yeah. This is a really random question. Uh, just trying to figure out if my memory is correct, but of course, I had the same experience walking into the original CrossFit, being like, "Wow, there's no equipment, and there's ropes, <laughs> and uh, you know, a cargo net." But I feel like there w there was one piece of equipment. And it was a Gravitron. Gravitron. And That's I, true. Am I remembering that correctly? You are correct. Okay. Yeah. There was okay. two, actually. Yeah. All right. I just, yeah. I, 
I was, as you were describing it, I was like, I think there was a Gravitron in there. It absolutely was underneath, right in between. Yeah. It was yeah, over by, like the shower was on the other side of the wall there, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's great. And there was two GHDs underneath there. Yeah. Uh, tell us how you train, like your own personal training. I assume it's CrossFit, but tell us about that. Oh, yeah. No, currently I got a, the, the, the probably the best schedule that I've had in a long time as a coach. I get to take class. 10 a.m. any day of the week that I'm there, like Monday through Friday. So, yeah, probably three to five days a week I'll I'll get a workout in during class. Or if I don't get class in between there, I will. And I just do what we program. Are you Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying you eat your own cooking? Yeah, that's right. We have a phenomenon in our gym where our coaches take class a lot from each other. Yeah. I sometimes think that that is missing in the coaching environment to be able to expose yourself. You get to see, I mean, you, one of our staff um, just attended a level one where you were instructing and I know you guys work out at lunch. Do you guys still do that? Yes, indeed. Do you think, uh, do you think that because you get to go around to so many gyms, do you think that's the culture everywhere that people are still taking their, their own classes? Or do you feel like sometimes coaches don't really do what they say you should do Mm. yeah no i think there's a big piece there's a big disconnect out there and some you know i think there's definitely a thing to watch out for people i think programming is a big like you know i don't know how to say it but uh big market right now like everybody's programming something and i just think that programming is important but it's the application of said programming that's the piece and so writing something down and giving it out to people is not the same as writing it down, doing it. So you know what that dose is and then giving that dose to people, like what is it really supposed to feel like? So I think there's an error for people out there in the community that are just programming and not doing their own medicine for sure. Are you, are you still programming for your gym? Yeah. So we go all over the place. We're, currently right now we're programming for the gym. Uh, we followed .com. We followed mayhem before we followed Ben Bergeron. Like we want to make sure like we don't get too biased, but we definitely have our flavor. We can see it <laughs> when we program. So we don't want to get stuck in it too much. And so we jump out a couple months at a time. So for that's some back squats and then Laura Galassi loves to do handstands. So oh is that what God. it is? Yeah, we do a lot of handstands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's great though, because I think that, piece where you're talking about like where the games through CrossFit askew was it's hard to test gymnastics in uh, competitive in like a uh, high paced make it exciting event you know like hold the L set for three minutes oh, it's like nobody's watching um, <laughs> you know handstand hold free space like nobody cares but that kind of stuff is a phenomenal skill set and so having Lori around to keep us super honed in on that stuff has been really fun. If we, if we put on the, the way back machine, one of the things we see at CrossFit was uh, early CrossFit and especially in Santa Cruz, no shirt, board shorts, wallet chain. I mean, there was definitely like a look of you yeah. <laughs> I mean, from the early, early days. You had and, to have board shorts and maybe if you were Brendan, you'd have a hat on in the middle of summer. Like a, that's right. Beanie, like a beanie. And, and there'd be no shirt, even though you'd be no in Santa shirt, Cruz yeah. and it'd be 30 degrees of nuclear winds. But, you know, where, where do you, what's next for you? What are you working on and where are you going? 
next for me is trying to really develop the team at the gym, right? I want to basically see if I can replicate myself or provide the opportunity I had to other people, see if I can get out of the way a little bit. Um, and then man, I'll, I'll just throw it out there on the podcast. I'm trying to work with this guy on a virtual reality app, like a coach. So check it out. Imagine this. You get in your room and you put your phone on the wall and it looks like a little selfie, but you do three squats. But right at the bottom of your squat, the phone yells at you, push your knee out, get deeper. <laughs> or something to that effect. So you have a real-time, real-live feedback of your movement pattern via the iPhone. That sounds amazing. Yeah, and so we got beta test version one where we're working with uh, trying to figure out how to do the perfect plank, flawless plank. So we can prove concept, see if we can get it to actually work. Like, hey, it sees you and it tells you what to do. And so that flies. That'll be pretty fun to see that go. Well, VR is the future. I can't wait to see it. And decentralization, certainly. I mean, we've seen the proliferation of garage gyms at all as people become more sophisticated, but there's never going to be a substitute for having a great set of eyes and an interpersonal relationship. And I want to say is that you guys have been holding the door open forever for so many of us. And, uh, man, personally, it is, uh, you know, I'm so grateful for my early relationship and that you just, you know, got to sit in the eye of the storm for lack of a better word, and, you know, just continue to, uh, to create opportunities for people. I mean, you just, you know, hosted so many early events and, and saw trends so early and, uh, thanks man. Thanks for, uh, and thanks for, you know, letting CrossFit Santa Cruz still go on. We appreciate it. It's, it's nice that you can oh. still go down and, and visit the Mecca and still the greatest coffee cup, greatest latte I've ever had. Coffeetopia right down the street from these guys, Santa Cruz. Yeah, yep. Love it. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me on the show and, you know, Hollis, where can the listeners find you on the social and otherwise? Uh, CrossFit Santa Cruz is on the Instagram and the Facebook. That's the best place to see what we're up to. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, Hollis. Always. You're, you're the man. Thanks boy. Yeah, no, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to The Ready State. If you like what you're hearing, check out all of our episodes here or at mobilitywad.com. The Ready State is the podcast of mobilitywad.com, where we've assembled the world's most comprehensive database of guided movement mechanics and mobility videos, all with the goal to help improve performance and eliminate pain. Each motivated by the simple idea that all human beings should be able to perform basic maintenance on themselves. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under mobilitywad. That's W-O-D as in workout of the day. Till next time, cheers everyone. You got it. You better stop it. You got it. Kelly Starrett is a New York Times bestselling author of Becoming a Supple Leopard and Ready to Run. He's a coach, a physical therapist, an athlete, and an innovator who works with elite athletes as well as everyday people who just want to be healthier and happier in their lives. Juliette Starrett is a co-founder and CEO of both San Francisco CrossFit and Mobility Wad, co-founder of StandUpKids.org, a writer, an entrepreneur, and a world champion athlete. Our theme music was provided by Rogue Wave. You got it! You better stop it! You got it!